We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven, and I am your host, as always. And uh, joining me tonight is my guy, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? How you doing? How was your first day of spring break? Uh, it was great. I immediately turned around and applied and sent in applications. And so already added some new stress to new things, but I'm <laughs> um, all good. Everything is good, though, when, you know, thank you, Gavino, for this mug. It's the two-point conversion play to Mike Williams in Arrowhead against the chiefs Ooh. so thank you for sending me that one Givino. i uh i want that in a shirt i don't i don't know if that's mm. possible or not but i i uh i would like to like to see that happen but it's all good so uh my spring break was last week so hopefully your break is uh better than mine was but i don't want to get into that right now um <laughs> uh so we're gonna have a fun conversation today about the uh 2023 safety class uh we see solo man in the chat here his guy trey dean <laughs> gonna be featured today potentially uh, we'll see what happens there. So um, going to be a fun conversation about the, the ranking of this group. I do want to start off the conversation, just kind of assessing the safety position for the Chargers as well. Maybe getting an insight into what the Chargers might be looking for in this uh, draft class. There's obviously the the John Johnson stuff that we've talked about kind of hanging over that position right now as well. So we'll, 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 we'll start with that one. But uh, before we begin, obviously want to uh, make sure everybody watching, make sure you subscribe, like comment on uh, all these videos. We appreciate all that. And it really helps us continue to uh, grow the channel. So appreciate you on that side of things. If you are listening, make sure to leave us a rating review, uh, share the, share the podcast with your friends. You know, football is always better with friends. So uh, spread the word. We appreciate that. All right, Tyler, uh, let's let's talk about this safety position. Like I mentioned, obviously, the John Johnson stuff kind of up in the air right now. You know, there was a, the initial report, like on the first day of free agency from Jeremy Fowler, that the Chargers were going to be in, interested in John Johnson and uh, a Brandon Staley reunion. That, of course, has not happened yet. Um, Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco spoke at least semi-glowingly about Alohi Gilman as a potential starter alongside Derwin James. Um, <laughs> Brandon Staley said that they're really excited about JT Woods, kind of throwing that in there at the at the final yes. minute there in that kind of conversation. So, in terms of who the Chargers have on the roster alongside Derwin James, who what are you kind of buying in terms of uh, of potential roles here with those two? Maybe you know we talked about Raheem Lane a little bit during the season. Uh, in your mind, what are you buying for the existing safety room? I'll be honest, I, I do not know. Because I don't know if the Chargers know. They've tried to get rid of... Well, first, they try to establish Nasir Adderley. And at some point, they try to get rid of Alohi Gilman. So they draft Mark Webb. Slightly different role. 
Then they yeah. dropped JT Woods, kind of similar role, trying to get rid of him. Lo and behold, Adderley's gone. He's retired. You know, he they benched him in the middle of the season. Gilman's your starter. Woods can't get on the field. And undrafted free agent Raheem Lane is your quote unquote starter on special teams. So I, I really don't know. I'm surprised at this point that John Johnson hasn't been signed. I don't know if this is a, and maybe we'll talk about it with the, the guys that we are going to talk about today. Yeah. Maybe they think that like there's a good spot where they feel comfortable looking for a safety to pair opposite Derwin James. And so maybe that's how they'll explore it. I know that with Morgan Fox, for example, they offered him a contract that was the contract that you saw, which was kind of terrible. Yeah. Um, but they said, hey, there's the offer and we will circle around back after the draft. If you'd like to continue talking, you know, you can go look somewhere else. But here's the offer. You want to take it now before the draft? Cool. After the draft, we can talk about it. But we also might go draft someone. So I have a feeling that maybe that's the case with John Johnson, as we've sort of seen with Kyle Van Noy, Morgan Fox last year, Bryce Callahan. Maybe there's just sort of like a, hey, here's what we can give you. You know, if you find something else, great. If not, you know, we'll circle around at the end of the draft. And I think that that's kind of what's going to happen at this point. Again, though, I am surprised because I've never seen a player like Sebastian Joseph Day openly go, hey, please yeah. join us, please join us, please join <laughs> us. And then the, the team doesn't do anything. Not that he has any control, but I almost feel like at that point, if you're saying that on social media, then maybe like it's going to happen, um, but it hasn't. So I'm, I'm very surprised. I truly believe that JT Woods is someone that they're going to like playing in 2024 and 2025. I really do believe either Alohi's the starter or it's John Johnson or it's a draft pick. I think JT Woods is going to sit on the back burner, especially because they don't trust him to play special teams. And I don't think he's going to get any meaningful playing time unless somebody gets hurt. Man, that would be that would be a little frustrating. Obviously, not going to lie. Um, you know, with the way that this defense needs to function, you know, they they need versatile safeties. They need safeties who can tackle. And there was that uh, quote that was deleted uh, from uh, I, for, I forget who shared it, but it was somebody who attended the coaching clinic uh, that Brandon Staley attended at the University of Oregon. And that person had asked Brandon Staley, like, what's the biggest difference between like the Rams defense and the Chargers defense? And the quote was, you know, paraphrasing that, well, my corners in LA can't charter my, or my, my corners with the Chargers cannot tackle, excuse me. Um, and that's when he said that. Yeah. You didn't see that earlier today. No, oh, How did I God. not see that? Yeah. It was shared. In the, it was somebody shared in the discord and I looked at it and I was like, I, I don't know if this is true or not. Um, that's a wild statement to, for him to, to say if it is. Um, and I think to a certain extent, I, I kind of agree with it in terms of defending the run. You know, uh -huh. I, I think the Chargers have had significant problems in the slot in, in particular. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I would argue that free safety has been a problem of theirs as well. So mm -hmm. um, they they need secondary help. Like this is this is an underrated, you know, thing for the Chargers right now. Obviously, we've talked about the cornerback position, but, you know, they need safety help as well, man. Like. I don't feel good about this safety room as is. And even if you draft a safety, like I don't feel great about, you know, one of these rookies being safety three while, while JT Woods is, is a healthy scratch like that. That doesn't not, that doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in the safety room and, and you know, solving these issues. So um, the fact that John Johnson is not signed yet, I think like you're saying is an indication that, you know, maybe they have some kind of fallback deal in terms of the draft. Um, Maybe he's asking for too much money, but the safety market is not being kind to these players. And so the fact that John Johnson is not signed yet to me is, is definitely a head scratcher. I mean, unless he's, I mean, we've seen guys ask for too much money or hold out or whatever. Maybe yeah. he thinks he's something. I mean, he did he have a sizable contract in Cleveland. So if he's looking for even half of that, I think that's quite a bit to be completely honest. I need to find that quote because if Brandon Staley said that, well, one, this isn't exactly the safety class to look for sure tacklers, um, which means two, I if that, if he actually did say that, one, I am worried about Asante Samuel Jr.'s future with the team because they've already expressed and shown that they do not trust his tackling. And two, I mean, Brian Branch has got to be the pick at 21 if that's the case, to be completely honest, because if he does nothing else, he tackles and tackles very well. But I... Find that quote. Someone's got to find that for me because that I'm looking like, at it right now. So the account that tweeted it out was all 22. Um, I'm pretty sure it's a coach. They definitely attended the uh, coaching clinic. 
Uh, they tweeted a picture of them at the at the coaching clinic. Um, th- he tweeted out earlier this morning a couple Staley quotes from the from the clinic, um, and then all of the tweets were deleted. So I, I don't know if he was uh, frustrated by the amount of Chargers fans who were like quote tweeting it, including myself. Um, but the quote that this person tweeted about corners says, "What was the difference between coaching one of the best defenses of all time with the Rams, who's struggling on defense with the Chargers?" Our corners couldn't tackle. If your corners can't tackle, you aren't going to win a lot of football games. Oh, God. Okay. But like I said, the tweet was deleted. All of the, like, the guy tweeted like four or five different quotes from Staley, supposedly. And then all of the tweets were deleted after a bunch of us uh, started quote tweeting it. So I don't know, man. It seems a little sketchy to me. But at the same time, like, he's talked about corners being able to tackle Mm -hmm. several times. We know that they took Asante off of the field in favor of John mm-hmm. Taylor on, on rundown. So like, I don't think it's that far out there, but at the same time, like the person deleted all of the tweets. So I don't, I don't know what to buy here. No, it could be an awful, completely in, untrue rumor that I totally would buy. That's the thing. <laughs> there, there is like a truth to it. Um, yeah. I'll have to look more into that. Obviously. Um, I literally just found that out just now, but if that's the case, I mean, I, kind of like you've been discussing as well and pushing, especially if, 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 if that's true, the next corner episode we talk about is going to be very important as well when talking about some of these round one ish corners, because I think like six or seven of them have a first or second round grade from Dane Brugler. Like this is a yeah. class apparently. And I have not watched these guys except for branch. And even that's a, a tweener thing, but Ooh, okay. Interesting. I'm not going to take it as fact. But something to consider, and right. he's not wrong. With that said, going back to last year, someone asked me if the run defense was fixed, and I said maybe because the interior defensive line guys, but no, because the secondary guys, all of them had histories of not being great tacklers, both in terms of yeah. run stops yeah. and missed tackle rate. So, like, I don't know what Brandon Staley expected. Maybe he'd hoped that, like, as a cohesive unit, they'd work together. But yeah. it was like Derwin James is a good tackler, and then everyone else was like 20th percentile or worse. So I guess I don't know really what he expected, but hmm, interesting. I will say Asante Samuel Jr., his missed tackle rate definitely improved from his rookie season to this season. But then again, like you're taking him off of the field in rushing situations. Um, you know, Bryce Callahan, like he was never a great tackler. Like he's he's a great slot cover man, but, you know, he was never a great tackler. And then, you know, Nasir Adderley's step back this year was a huge problem. If the Chargers had the 2022 defensive line room with 2021 Nasir Adderley, the run <laughs> defense is not nearly as much of a problem. Um, so I don't know, man, like the, this, in terms of the safety is kind of circling this back mm-hmm. here. They need more physicality and they mm-hmm. need more sure handed tacklers. And there's, there's a good amount of them in this, in this group that I like, mm-hmm. I think when it comes to adding to this room, theoretically, if you have some development from JT Woods, like what you need is somebody who can play the slot, Mm-hmm. on occasion and play in the box and be a mm-hmm. physical presence in the box to kind of take some pressure off of Derwin in that regard and be able to, you know, use Derwin in, in a variety of ways. Like we know that they want to. So that's part of the reason why I wanted John Johnson, because John Johnson can do mm-hmm. all of that. And maybe they ultimately do sign him. So um, definitely something to keep in mind in terms of like what I want to, to see them add. Like, I think some people talking about like, Oh, they need another ball hawk. It's like, Yes, but also you drafted JT Woods to be that guy. So mm-hmm. for me, I would like to see them get more size, more physicality in that room and, and allow you know Derwin to be a little bit more free in that regard. Yeah, I would agree. Some of my favorite safeties in this class are more of like your sideline to sideline range, deep safety types. But there are some guys in here that definitely fit, I think, what the Chargers would want. Not as like a Mark Webb replacement because there really wasn't anything to replace, but either like some sort of upgrade or yeah. just another shot at getting a player like that. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, so uh, Tyler, let's jump in here to the rankings. Uh, very interested to see how this one goes. To start off, really quickly, I have Brian Branch listed as a corner. I believe you have him listed as a safety. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely something that is going to be different on our list. I don't know if you watched the Boise State safety J.L. Skinner. I think his name is. Mm-hmm. I did not watch him because he's not playing as a rookie towards ACL or whatever. Uh, training for the draft so it's very unfortunate I did not feel like grading him because of that so (laughs) we'll see if the ultimate gets drafted I don't know if you graded him or not but Mm -hmm. um, did want to talk about that as well so uh, eventually at some point I'll watch him maybe 
if the Chargers draft him, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. But um, those two players, I think, are, are going to be potential differences between the two of us. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I just found out that JL Skinner tore his ACL. <laughs> I guess I got to move him a little bit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so you liked him, though. I liked him enough to put him in the top nine. Yeah. So <laughs> it's worth the watch, but I didn't realize that. When did he tear his ACL? Oh, that was oh torn peck, excuse me, not ACL. I want to say that was um leading up to the combine. Oh man. Can't remember. <laughs> I knew he got injured, so I was like, I'm not gonna watch this guy. He's not playing as a rookie. I'm good. <laughs> oh, in February. So he's not even okay. Well, all right, hold up. <laughs> you talk about your ninth guy. I'll, I'll make some changes here. Okay. I'm gonna add the sheet up right now. Okay. Gosh dang it. <laughs> Sorry, Tyler. <laughs> he was all Fine. excited. Um, all right. So this is potentially gonna be a bit of a hot take to start off. So my uh just missed number nine for me is Sydney Brown from Illinois. I know there's a lot of fans of his out there. Um, and I think he, there's a lot to like about him, um, at least in terms of the flashes, right? Like, dude's an athletic freak, and he really plays like, you know, he plays with his hair on fire, and I think he mm-hmm. flies around. He tries to, you know, hit everybody he possibly can, but uh, he's a tad reckless for, for my liking, and there's a lot of uh, lowering the head, lowering the shoulder, not wrapping up. There's a ton of missed tackles on his resume. Um, so Sidney Brown, I think, you know, from an athletic standpoint, there's a lot to like from a mentality standpoint. You know, there's a couple instances where he blitzes and just like destroys the running back. And it's a lot mm-hmm. of fun. And then, you know, he's missing tackles in space left and right. So there are some concerns here. You know, Daniel Jeremiah tweeted about this safety class being kind of down. And people were like, yeah, this is why you should draft Sidney Brown super early. And it's like, eh, I don't know if you want to do that <laughs> with 70 missed <laughs> tackles on his resume. So mm-hmm. um, I think if you're taking him on like day three, I'm cool with it. But he's getting like late second round hype, and I, I can't buy that because of, of just the the missed tackles that that are a big issue on film, you know, on the numbers. Mm-hmm. And he's also five nine. Like there's there's a size concern for me too here. So uh, when it comes to the Brown twins, I'm definitely a bigger fan of his brother at, that plays running back than I am uh, of Sydney oh. who plays safety. I did not know that. Uh, yeah, Sydney Brown. <laughs> amazingly, because of where he was ranked, I, I didn't expect this to be the case, but he's. He's outside of my just missed, although maybe he'll be at my ninth spot because of Jail Skinner's <laughs> pectoral injury. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that's fine. Um, yeah, Sidney Brown, there's a play. I, I can't remember what team it was. Like you said, there, there are moments where he's, he's excellent. There's a play. It was a fantastic setting of the edge or whatever, stack shed against the tight end. And you're thinking, wow, like this is a really great run defender. You know, what is it going to look like? I see him. You know, trying to attack the line of scrimmage. So, what does this look like? You know, at the end of my film watch, and, and to me, there's a lot of credit for for trying, but that's not <laughs> sure. good for the NFL. <laughs> and, and to me, it's like the way I described it is he enters the ring but doesn't throw any punches. And I feel like hmm. so often he gets to the point, but then I don't see him like not that I need him to injure himself, but like sticking his nose, you know, and trying to get in there and make the tackle. There are some guys that just want it more in this class and and for that matter as well like he's not the best tackler as is so i'm again 70 missed tackles in five years um brian branch like i said four in three years very 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 different um tackling for safeties for me is honestly probably the biggest thing that that moves a player up or down for me sometimes it's about effort you know some guys don't have a great missed tackle rate but i can tell like they are in it they're trying they do make big plays sometimes it's hit or miss um, there's a safety, you know, higher up on my board who's like kind of the same thing where it's sometimes boom or bust, but at least like you can work through some things with with Brown. I was just so frustrated. And then having 70 missed tackles and a consistent like 16, 15, 17, whatever it is, percent missed tackle rate and being five, nine. I just don't love that projection heading into the NFL, um, but he is. And I'm sure this is why he's going to go earlier than maybe we have him ranked. Nobody in this class is really athletic. At safety, there's not like yeah, a true, not a yeah. you know, last year, I felt like there were so many different guys who had a high athletic ceiling, even if maybe they weren't the best player. These guys, there really isn't a whole lot to go off of. So, you know, if you draft Sidney Brown over to say Jamie Robinson or something, another kind of short player, then I would sort of get it because you at least are going on the upside, going with the athleticism. But to me, like, 
you know, between the two athletes at Illinois, there's one that's clearly better than the other one. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, um, Benjamin Nutson is, is saying in the, in the, uh, chat here right now that, um, JL Skinner was saying at his pro day that he would be available at, in six weeks from that time. So if that were true, he would be ready for training camp. That feels like a remarkably fast recovery from a torn pec, in my opinion. Um, so I guess maybe I have to go watch some JL Skinner now. Yeah, I don't know. What I'm, I don't know. I'm literally learning this all on the fly. So I'm just going to. You can keep him. him. I think I think no, you should I keep am. him, honestly. I, I am. I am. But I'm going to put him at the just missed for now. Okay. Even though I do like him a lot more than that. But to me, like there is a cluster of guys with third round grades for me where like if you have torn pack, you're going to fall back to just missed. But I yeah. still do really like him. And I, I depending on the injury, I will, see, I will still keep him ahead of Sidney Brown, um, who would be my 10th guy on this list. JL Skinner, I think, was fifth on this list for me because of the way he played. Um, one of my favorites in the class, to be completely honest. I'm really shedding a tear talking about oh, this right man, now. Oh, man, that sucks. Um, fifth or sixth. I think more favorite in terms of, like, I just really liked watching him. Yeah. Again, not a top three player for me, but um, he did play a lot closer to the line of scrimmage at Boise State. I would actually rather see him play back. I'm a bit more. He is, I think, honestly, one of the only guys in this class that's, like, a tall safety, if you will. I believe he's, like, an eighth of an inch down from 6'4", um, with 32-inch arms. So you, you want this, like, taller um, he didn't test obviously, but if you want this taller, I think rangy, athletic type at safety, that's going to be your guy. He's really the only guy that really has that same height profile. Not that that always makes a great safety. You know, JT Woods is tall and skinny, and it's you know not worked out so far. <laughs> um, but I do think he's he's one of the smartest guys in coverage. If you watch him against BYU, he does pick off the quarterback. And again, you could yeah watch that game. Let's if go. Any, if nothing else, watch that. Game. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's forty-four minutes, so enjoy. But, oh God. <laughs> but um, he, there are several moments where if the BYU quarterback were any bit competent, he would have had three or four interceptions in that game because you can tell he's reading and getting to a spot okay. when the quarterback was either hit or he'd throw a terrible ball or over the player's head or whatever. But Skinner was in position several times to make a play. I think he's a really, really good free safety kind of player that I would have definitely put fifth or sixth on my list until about four minutes ago. Um, <laughs> so I endorse him as a player. But I don't know much about him in terms of his his injury right now. There we go. I'll have to go back and watch him then, because if this injury is is not severe enough that'll prohibit him from missing any games this this year, then I think it's worth a watch. I thought that the injury was much more severe than that, and we were talking about like he's you know missing you know first half of his rookie season kind of thing. Yeah. So um, I'll have to go back and watch him, and then hopefully we can get some clarity on the injury there outside of uh you know the designation so um all right next up for me um you know again this is a this is a solid group i don't think this this safety class is is anything you know crazy i don't think it's necessarily bad like the linebacker group um mm -hmm. at number eight for me i'm gonna have brandon joseph from notre dame um again not a great athlete but and i'll talk about his strengths here in a little bit um, at number seven, I have Jair Brown. I think it's this way. How do you spell it? Uh, you have to get away from it so I can see the update. Uh, no, J. Oh, God. Hold on. Is it J-A-Y-I-R? J-I apostrophe capital A-Y-I-R. I'll do it. I can just do it if you want to talk. Okay. Type. Sorry. You're good. <laughs> Um, and then number six, I have uh, Chris Smith from Georgia. So nice. these are all players who I think can be useful. Um, I don't think that any of them are going to be like elite players by any means. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I think all three of the, these guys are probably best suited in a scheme that is going to be like a too high shell scheme, like the Chargers run. Um, and you know, I, I I like all of their skill sets in terms of playing the box, playing the slot. Um, Jaya Brown is somebody that I was high on last year when I thought that he was going to declare. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think there are some athletic limitations here. Yes. And Penn state really miscast him. I thought they played him far too often as a center fielder playing deep. I think his best work is when he's around the line of scrimmage, playing the box, uh, being used as a blitzer covering tight ends. I really like his physicality against tight ends was was something that I that I really enjoyed watching. So 
Um, again, all three of these guys are kind of limited athletically, but there's just solid tacklers in space. You know, they mm -hmm. have some really nice attributes in that regard. Um, Johnny Brown is probably the one that I enjoyed watching the most in the box. But I, like I said, I think, you know, Penn State kind of put him on an island a little bit too much in terms of playing the deep parts of the field. Um, for what it's worth, he did have six interceptions in 2021. So I really like the ball skills when he's mm -hmm. able to get there. Um, just in terms of range, I think there are some athletic limitations there but um really good ball production good ball skills good tackling ability and then like i said i think he can give you some nice physicality in the box so um jair brown is somebody that I, I would really like to see you know the chargers potentially take a chance on on day three uh if mm -hmm. that's the kind of pathway that that they want to go down yeah i would love that uh, as far as brandon joseph and i'll talk about brown later because i do have him on the list um and a bit higher Joseph is totally solid. I think that it was clear to me right away. First, I had to watch him with Notre Dame. Then I had to go back and watch him at Northwestern. Like, this is a guy who has ideal. I don't know if the physical testing is there, but some of these guys, I feel like the testing isn't there, but the range is there. I don't know if it's an instincts thing or a quickness or a trigger thing, um, but he has that range as a run defender. And if you want to see his range, there's a great sack against Michigan in 2021 where he just flies out of a cannon from the free safety spot, hits the quarterback for a sack. Um, just definitely shows off the, the range, the straight line speed, at least uh, that way. Mentally locked in. I think he's a really solid run game contributor. To me, it's just like he would be higher for me, and he's he's going to be eighth on my list. Um, injuries last year, that's definitely a knock. And then just kind of a lack of production. I was surprised because I feel like watching him, there was more, but I believe he had as many run stops like his entire career as Brian Branch had last year. No, that's Brian Branch, but there is like yeah. a, a noticeable difference in production. So injuries lack of production i'm not really sure why he ended up switching to notre dame i'd have to look more into that um but brandon joseph does have a third round grade for me so i do really like him and everyone after this is going to have a third round grade or better for me so i mean yeah as far as safeties go he's pretty good yeah i like him a lot um in terms of just his, his tape the athleticism again it's not great he did have an 84th percentile 10 yard split um when he ran the oh, okay. of the combine so I do think in, in instances where you you can kind of condense his space a little bit, mm -hmm. um, again, working him as a box safety, he shows enough of an ability to trigger quickly and then make those plays, you know, in a vacuum. It's just, you know, are you going to be able to ask him to, you know, cover deep parts of the field? Are you going to be able to have him match up one-on-one -on -one with receivers? I think probably not. But if you kind of limit him as a box safety, match up as a tight end from occasion, obviously not the elite ones, um, you know, play that kind of sixth safety role, I think he can definitely carve out a nice career for himself. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Alrighty, for me at number seven, sorry, things changed a little bit, so give me one second. Uh, okay, sorry. number seven. I, no, no, it's good. I'm glad we talked about this. Uh, a player that's way back on the draft board for most, DeMarco Hallams oh. from Alabama. I did not watch battle i believe it is the other safety from alabama yeah. so oops i didn't i didn't get around to watching that guy um should have probably picked guys that didn't tear their pecs and then at number six i have jammy robinson from florida state who i do like more than that ranking but i can only put him up so far um i believe both his pectorals are working just fine but he is a bit shorter anyway <laughs> um okay that's it i'm done talking about that part right. demarco hellums hellums i believe uh, i'll get the bat out of the way first that game against tennessee was brutal um he's a limited yeah. athlete and it shows uh trying to cover jalen hyatt was not fun the out and up that hyatt scored one-on-one -on, -one on the outside that was against hellums and the there's like one i think there's a first touchdown that he scored where he split the two defenders um in zone that was on him maybe that's kind of a, a whole defense issue more than hellums but he's definitely a limited athlete. But I do think he has overall good, again, sort of this range versus testing numbers thing because the testing numbers aren't good, kind of like a lot of guys on this list. But I do think that the range is there. Um, but even watching that Tennessee game, I did come away a bit more impressed. And if missed tackle rate is and really just playing the run is something that gets you knocked down a board for me, anybody who's willing to stick their nose in a play, and go ahead and just continually across the field make plays that will move you up and for me this is probably a special teams guy on day three who could potentially be your mark webb replacement um but i just do admire so much of what he was able to do because he played all over the field for alabama in my opinion i don't think there were many safeties in this class 
who had more of a varied role. I don't know if that's just an Alabama thing. Again, I didn't watch the other guy, um, but he just had so many different roles other than maybe blitzing. But you see him you know, in zone, in man coverage, playing deep, in the box, covering the flat, whatever. Like He found a way to make plays. I believe of the 11 safeties that I graded, he had the most tackles with 84, 25 of them run stops. Um, you know, 84 tackles versus Sidney Brown, who had like 50-something. Not that tackles mean everything, but it's certainly some of the most entertaining film you're going to watch because he's always consistently around the football. Mm-hmm. Um, the missed tackle rate is is okay, but it's still better than most. I believe he's third in missed tackle rate of this safety group and yeah. third in run stop rate. Um, I just love how often he's around the football. I love how smart he is. Um, he's even top three in forced incompletion rate. I didn't get a chance to see that. Sometimes you just kind of have to trust the numbers there. I didn't get a chance to see significant ball skills like someone like a uh, who is it? Who did we just talk about that had ten interceptions or six inter- or Jair Brown? Jair he had Brown, yeah. yeah yeah four last year, six the year before. Um, Definitely don't have as many as that, but I do feel like this is your Mark Webb day three sort of replacement type. There is no tie to Derek Ansley. There was no like former Alabama something ties there. Um, he's two hundred tenth on the consensus board, and frankly, I love what he does more than most of the fourteen safeties that are ahead of him on the consensus board. It's not the sexiest pick. He's not the most athletic player, but just getting the job done is just getting the job done. And I think he does that very, very well and does a lot of roles for Alabama that I do like. So he is on my list by just a bit. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, you know, this um, This Alabama secondary is pretty interesting to watch because, you know, typically you have, you know, these great corners, you have like a, a freak safety, and you know Brian Branch is a great player. I'm, you know, he's not an outside; he wasn't an outside corner for them. But um, this this Alabama secondary was was not that great to to watch on tape. This uh, in, in terms of like their production and things like that. But I did not watch Demarco Hellams, but um, you know we're we're big into you know composite rankings and how these players kind of stack up from a statistical standpoint. And Hellams is is in the top three in terms of his composite ranking uh, on on our compilation if you will so numbers like him a lot i didn't uh grade him that highly um him and trey dean are, are kind of are outside of of sydney brown for me so Solomon's uh trading guy maybe doesn't make the list i guess I, i'll see where you're at with him he does not okay <laughs> um but trading and demarco helms i think have have some similar things here so um you hinted at jordan battle so i'll get to him next here because i did grade him uh he is number five for me um, and then number four for me, make sure I get this uh, right, is Ronnie Hickman from Ohio State. Wow. Okay. Is is that much higher than yours? <laughs> well, he is last place on my list currently. All right, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess I'll talk about Ronnie Hickman. I, I I think there are again similar theme. There are definitely some athletic limitations here, but. Something mm-hmm. that really stood out to me when just kind of looking at his physical profile, uh, he has 33-inch arms, which I believe is the mm-hmm. longest in this class. And I really enjoyed watching the way that he was able to make plays on the football. I think he has fantastic ball skills. I think he had four interceptions this past year and 11 interceptions, if I'm not mistaken, or 11 pass breakups. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ronnie Hickman makes a lot of plays on the football. I think his ability to play – in the middle of the field as a zone defender is really fantastic. His ability to match routes was a lot of fun to watch. I think um, his missed tackle rate is a little too high for my liking, but mm-hmm. um, you know, it's kind of an interesting, you know, debate here when it comes to like ball production versus tackling ability. 
Um, yeah. So Ronnie Hickman's instincts and coverage, I think, really stood out to me in this class. Um, you know, especially when you compare him to other players who kind of maybe struggle in the deep parts of the field, maybe struggle in cover two, maybe struggle in cover one robber situations. Mm. Um, so that really was was why I put him so highly here. Um, Jordan Battle is an interesting player. I think there are definitely some flashes of elite athletic traits. Um, he ran a four five five and was an elite percentile in ten and twenty yard splits, but he was pretty. Uh, below average with the jumping categories as well as the agility drills which is is pretty strange you don't really see that that often mm -hmm. somebody who's who's very high end speed but low end in terms of the other explosiveness categories um so the the thing for me with Jordan Battle is just he's he's a tick slow with his trigger at certain times mm -hmm. um when he is able to really trust it and go i think he makes some great plays on the football i think he makes some great tackles but I question whether his instincts are really high level or not. Mm. And, you know, that could be something why the Alabama secondary kind of struggled a little bit. Um, but, you know, in this group where there's not a ton of athletic traits, you know, somebody who can run four, five, five, I think definitely stands out to me. So, um, you know, Jordan battle, I think is a quality player, but I, I think he's a bit more uh, high risk than some of these other players that we're talking about here. Okay. So, who was I thinking of for this? There was someone in here that reminded me a lot of Nick Cross. Oh, I know who it is. We'll talk about him later. But so this is kind of like a, a not boomer bust player with Jordan Battle, but like a you want to make sure you do the things that he's good at and hope he's good at what he's good at and coach those yes. things up sort of guy. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think my favorite thing about him in, in particular um, was actually his his work in man coverage. Um, there were some great reps um, against, um, shoot, which tight end was it? I can't remember right now. Um, I, anyways, so I, I think his ability to match up in the slot is is one of the better attributes in this group as well. And so I, I do think that he would be a good fit for the Chargers because he does have that that speed, that physicality, his ability to match up in the slot. So I don't know if I want to take him where he's projected to go. You know, it kind of seems like he's going late second, early third, which I don't necessarily mm -hmm. agree with either. Mm -hmm. um, but I think in a vacuum, like his traits do line up with what I think the Chargers uh, could be needing in this class. Okay, I'll definitely have to give him a watch then. Was he a three, four-year starter or player? Uh, he was a two-year starter at Alabama. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to give it a look. Um, okay, I do not have Rodney Hickman on my list. I do not have Jordan Battle due to not grading. So at number five, who do I have? Oh, yeah. Number five, I have Chris Smith. It's not very far from where you have him. At number four, I have Jair Brown. And at number three, I have Antonio Johnson from Texas A&M. Oh, I forgot to do three. Okay. Sorry. You go ahead. <laughs> oh, wait. What do we usually do? <laughs> That's okay. You go ahead with three. What do we usually do? I think we saved the last two. So this is, no, this is my mistake for sure. Oh, okay. Um, so you go ahead. You finish on, on those other guys. Is Johnson your third? Because I can just copy that over. Or, oh, oh, Jamie. Yeah, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So Jair Brown was a player accidentally graded last year and i believe Same. <laughs> so Same. i was like hey and i mean it this time not like osiris torrance where he wasn't there last year i mean it jair brown i checked i definitely <laughs> graded him um so i'm happy to talk about him this year yeah. there i liked watching him anyway play michigan but that play that i posted today where he's lined up at edge and he gets into a three-point stance and then takes on the pulling guard and drops the running back for a taco for a loss that's one of my favorite plays I've seen a safety make this entire pre-draft process. One of my favorite plays I've seen anybody make. Um, that was surprising. Um, they tried to rush him off the edge a little bit later. Didn't work out um, in terms like sometimes the big offensive tackles were better than the safety trying to blitz. But to see him do that against a guard at the goal line was very impressive. Um, and then against Utah, he lines up against the right tackle, jabs outside, cuts back inside, and sacks the quarterback. I believe he knocked rising out of the game he did um, yes <laughs> so, yay um so i did not watch that game so that game did not impact <laughs> my ranking of him just to put that out there that positively impacted mine because he had two sacks <laughs> and like three pressures and an interception yeah. um yeah so he knocked the quarterback out of the game the backup quarterback comes in and then he picks off that quarterback like two plays later and i was like yeah this is good football but i, I understand why you wouldn't watch it um very productive at the line this past season, 15 pressures, five sacks, 27 run stops, um, despite playing less than 300 non-coverage snaps this past year. Um, 
I do think he has good coverage or excuse me, good production and coverage. Um, I don't love him as much as that would indicate. He had those 10 yeah. interceptions, but I didn't love the sideline to sideline as much. Like you said, I do see him more as a closer to the line of scrimmage box safety type, but it is nice to have at least some sprinkle of different things um, that maybe he could do. Um, but I, I do like him a lot. Um, he's going to be of this class. He is going to be the, my guy of the safety class for me. I just think he's able to affect the game of football in three different ways. Um, maybe better, closer to the line of scrimmage, blitzing, or defending the run. But I do think he's a well-rounded player that I do think, maybe like someone like Chris Smith, I do like as a deep safety, and I think he's very smart and instinctive. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how much of the game he's going to be able to affect, even though I do think Chris Smith is a better coverage safety. Um, different roles, right? I see Chris Smith more as that deep safety. Um, but Brown, I just love the way he affects the game of football. And again, just highlighted by a tackle for lost against a pulling guard against Michigan at the goal line. Yeah, uh, so I will not be watching that uh, second Rose Bowl again. There <laughs> oh, in person, no. <laughs> uh, it was not fun, man. You know, once Cam Rising got knocked out, it just it was it turned into a blowout in a hurry. So, um, you know, it was it was not great. So, um, I, I like Jair Brown a lot. Again, I didn't watch that game, so it didn't impact anyway. You know, and it wouldn't right. Like I, I watched, I've watched Jackson Smith and Jigba go off for three hundred yards on tape against you on the Rose in that uh, in that Rose Bowl so uh that's fun and he's my wide receiver one so yeah um, I like Jerry Brown a lot and I think there's a ton to like again I think his his missed tackle rate is more indicative of him being miscast because it, it is pretty high um but Jerry Brown I think is a fantastic player I think from a day three perspective if he's there I think the Chargers would be would be wise to to snag him if you know depending on the board of course so I, I like him a lot um, so your number three is going to be my number two. I like Antonio Johnson a lot. Um, and then my number one safety is Jartavius Martin from Illinois as well. So, um, again, Sydney Brown getting a lot of hype from Illinois. I think Jartavius Martin is a far better prospect than his teammate is. So Jartavius Martin is uh, about two and a half inches taller. He's he's definitely lighter on, on the lighter side, 194 pounds, but um, one of the most versatile players in this class. Actually reminded me uh, quite a bit of Dax Hill, who came out last year in, from Michigan with just the way that he's able to play. I think mm-hmm. Martin is a better athlete than Dax Hill was, but you know, if you watch him, if you could just get like, I'm sure PFF, you know, elite prescriptions could get this right. Like just cutups of like his blitz, his pass rush reps. There's a lot of quality reps in there. If you could get mm-hmm. just his reps in terms of him working the box and tackling in space, there's a lot of good reps there. You know, he's got great ball skills, good ball production. So Jartavis Martin, for me, checks so many boxes in this class. You know, he's, I believe, the second best athlete overall in terms of mm-hmm. the free safeties. If you look on the uh, RAS website. And then there's great production. There's great tackling ability. You know, I, I just think that he's one of the more underrated players in this class when you, you're talking about as a whole. Yeah. Um, so because of, I think he's a little on the lighter side. That's really like my only concern about him. Um, so I have him as a very high second round grade. You know, we do uh, the zero to eight scale right now. Um, and seven is the cutoff for a first round grade. I have him a 6.95. So I'm a big, big fan of Jartavius mm. Martin. Um, I think that he is going consistently in like the third round in mock drafts. And I just don't understand that at all. Mm-hmm. So to me, like he's, he's far and away the safety one in this class for me. Again, I have Brian branch as a corner. Um, yeah. if I listed him as a safety, Brian branch would be the safety one, but Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jartavis Martin, there's a ton to like here. And again, I just think he's super underrated in this class. Yeah, I, I, I so I might as well just Jartavis Martin is my number two because I have Brian Branch at number one. I've talked about Brian Branch a ton at this point. Like <laughs> I'm all in. Branch is the first round grade for me. Martin does have a second round grade for me, but I, I do believe depending on how you feel about Antonio Johnson, because I do love a lot, a lot of what he'll he can do. Yeah, I, I do feel like Martin is a slightly different tier, um, but there is a lot of projection because if you watch his film, there's 611 yards given up in coverage. And so mm-hmm. if you just watch that and you think that's like that's what you're going to get, then you're not going to grade him very favorably. And I think there, that did take some adjustment because there are moments where you're like, OK, that's a lot like you're, you're getting kind of picked on in some instances. 
but that's not the point. I think you take Martin. Now, I, I do consider that, of course, but I'm not playing him in the slot as much as he was asked to do. I'm going to change 100%. up his role. Like the role will be changed. And so you look at what he can do to fulfill a more safety role rather than be a slot corner, which he did a lot, um, which yeah, is a good, like, good trait to have. So if you take those assets and those traits and what he does on film and project them at safety, that's why he's number two for me. I think there are players, you know, I'm sure there are other corners that you've watched who are better in coverage, of course. And, and maybe there are some guys on this list who are better in coverage. But Martin, to me, like in terms of slot co- coverage, but Martin, what he does as a safety, what, how he brings it in the run game, the unique physical traits that he has. Um, thank God he has a low missed tackle rate. Like he should have been my number one off of that alone, practically, because <laughs> that was at least refreshing compared to, you know, his, his teammate. Um, I, I do have some, you know, wonderings and worries, I guess, about how much further he has to go. I believe this was his like fourth or fifth year at Illinois, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, I, he know, was a fifth year player. Yeah. Yeah. So how much more can you get out of him at this point? With that said, everything like he hasn't played his role yet. Like his NFL role has yet to be played yet. What he did at Illinois, a lot to like, but that role hasn't been played just yet. And he has that athletic ceiling to continue to grow, in my opinion. So hopefully you know, he hasn't you know, uh, ceilinged out, if you will. Uh, I do think there's more to go. He is safety two. Uh, I'll talk about Antonio Johnson then, who's my mm-hmm. number three, who if I, Brian Branch is a slot corner, would have been number two. Um, someone in the chat said it's, it's difficult to nitpick Antonio Johnson. I think it is because I think some of his misses are the worst. Um, some of the misses that he has are really, really rough. And he does try to hit hard, though. If you watch YouTube highlights, Antonio, like if you're a YouTube highlight watcher, that's how you watch these guys. He's got a great highlight tape. Antonio Johnson is going to be your number one safety, practically, unless it's Brian Branch, honestly, because the highlight tape is is amazing. And he does try to hit really hard. And he, when he connects, it's a highlight play. But sometimes he'll just whiff as, as bad as you could possibly whiff. And I don't think he's particularly strong in his arms. So when he doesn't wrap up or if he even tries to, guys can break out of it. So it is it is very, very frustrating sometimes. The Alabama game, if you, get, if, you, if you want to watch that Alabama game, that was one of the worst games I've seen. That was a bad one. It made me bump Jameer Gribbs' grade up because of how well he did <laughs> that game. Um, so, nice. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but what if you can get this player to do the things that he does really, really well, which is be a, a playmaker at minimum at the line of scrimmage? Yeah. There's, there's nobody that's trying to kill the opposing player more than him, I think. This guy is trying to make plays, rushing the passer, against screens, swings out of the backfield, whatever. He's trying to make those plays and trying to make them as close to the line of scrimmage, if not behind it. Um, so other than maybe like Martin, I think, nobody hits harder. And I would argue that Johnson does hit the hardest. So for me, he's a bit like Nick Cross last year where he went to the Colts in the third round, uh, in like the 90s or something, mm-hmm. because the quality plays are so, 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 so good. But the concerning plays, plays were like very concerning. You know, if you watch the like I watched the Alabama game, that was concerning. Then I watched the Colorado game, and you've got multiple pass breakups, pressure, several tackles for loss. And if you're telling me like in this group, you know, who do I want to take and take it the most of a chance on? Let's say in round three, like for the Chargers, I'm not looking at round two safeties. But if he's someone's in there in round three, and who am I going to take a chance on to be the best of the group because I want to develop this player? I think it's him. Like there's a lot of work to do. Um but I think there's so much good there that he is worth being safety two for you and safety three for me. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of validity with watching like tape and then looking at the numbers and like seeing what exactly lines up. And so, you know, I started watching Antonio Johnson. I watched one of the 2021 games. I want to say it was against Arkansas. And I felt like the dude was just like always around the football, like just yeah. was playing like hair on fire. And then I watched, um, again, you watch the Colorado game. I watched the Colorado game, even his Alabama game. There were some poor angles, mm-hmm. but there were some really nice run stops in there too. And then you go and look at the composite rankings and he has the highest run stop percentage of any safety in this class. Yes. Like that checks out on tape, mm-hmm. checks out with the composite rankings. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Like you are not getting this like elite coverage player, right? I think he was like 15th or 16th in forcing completion <laughs> rate. That's not who he is, right? Like he's a big physical safety. You want him around the box. And I think if that's the role that you are taking him in, then, you know, you'll be able to get a quality football player there. And so um, he kind of reminded me of Jaleel Adai. And I oh, know that 
<laughs> I'm saying strong safety Jalil Ajayi because I still believe that strong safety Jalil Ajayi was a at least a decent, he was a good player, average player, at, you know, at strong safety. Why they moved him to free safety will never, ever, ever make sense to me. But strong safety in Jalil Adai was a good football player. And I think I see some quality, some similar qualities there in Antonio Johnson. So I loved the way that he defended run, the run. I liked his uh, production as well in terms of pressures and disrupting the quarterback as a blitzer. So I, I think you're getting a, a player who's going to be really pigeonholed into a really specific role. But if he can excel at that role, then you're getting good value here. So this is the whole safety group, right? Like there's there's not a ton of mm-hmm. versatility here. Players that can play all three spots, rush the passer, play mm-hmm. linebacker, play deep, stuff like that. I think Jartavius Martin is one of those players. I think Brian Branch is one of those players. Um, but other than that, like you're taking these players and, and probably fitting them into one specific role. Mm-hmm. Similar to how like the Chargers have done with Alohi Gilman. And I think if you can find the role that, that makes sense for these players, then and you can get some good value for them. You know, I think Antonio Johnson, again, it, are you going to make me take him in round two? No, but if you are in a trade back situation, the Chargers will get two second, two third round picks, then yeah, I think this is a situation you could talk me into. So yeah, um, I would love his fit on the Chargers. Like I talked about on um, earlier in the show, I think they do need some physicality. I think they need some some run stuffing ability. Mm-hmm. And Antonio Johnson would check both of those boxes, but I'm not crazy about like his draft range right now for the Chargers. Yeah, and it's always tough when I'm trying to do a mock draft. Again, if you trade back, you trade things around, move things around, I think it works out. But every time I've tried to do, after I watch this group, I try to do a mock draft to see where they go. And it's always like everyone's 10 picks before the Chargers pick. Like whatever I want yeah. in that range, like I'd have to take Chris Smith probably in round two. Would I do that? No. You know, if I want Antonio Johnson, probably going to take him in round two. Do I want to do that? Not really. <laughs> so, um, but Jartavius Martin, that's why he's so, I think, interesting because I'm really curious. And I should have looked at where D- Dane Brugler had him ranked because I know he's not very high on Sidney Brown um, or in terms of like rankings, he's he's further down. Um, but yeah, I, I think the way that the mock consensus board is shaped out is very different than how I feel about some of these guys. So I'd be interested to see where they end up going. Someone said, you know, Dan says, I wouldn't be surprised if Sidney Brown is drafted higher than most of these players. Yeah, I get that. Honestly, you know, we weren't huge fans, um, mostly because of the 70 missed tackles and the <laughs> fact that he's my height. So I, I, you know, I don't love that projection, but there's not a lot of athletes on this list. And he's certainly one of them. He's in the top three athletes at safety and also one of the better safeties. There are athletes at safety, but I found most of them were in like the 250 consensus board rankings. So I didn't quite get to them. Um, do you happen to see where Dane has the safety? Yeah, group? also, apparently, Jartavius uh goes by Quan. So, oh, I forgot I about that. that. <laughs> Does that count as that. being Asian? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you look at um, you know, where he has these players, Brian Branch, he has a first round grade, yep. and then Antonio Johnson, he has second slash third, and then everybody else is third and below. So, this is not necessarily a great yeah. safety class, like I said, I think. You know, in the linebacker position, it's harder to project all those guys because it's a lot of like former safeties, a lot of like overhang defenders. You know what you're going to get in some of these players, and, and maybe that's not your thing. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. He has Marte Mapu as a safety. I have not watched Sacramento State tape, so uh, I can't comment there. <laughs> um, but to answer your original question, he has Sidney Brown at tenth with a fourth round grade. Really? Okay, I thought he was actually that was better than that. So tenth, yeah. huh? Yeah. Interesting. Um. Wow, I didn't know that. Ooh, good question from Chris. Where would Alohi Gilman be on your lists? Are we talking NFL? Because Alohi Gilman in college, I didn't watch. Yeah, I didn't watch him either. Because I don't think anybody did but the Chargers. So, hmm. Oh, man, he has Ronnie Hickman at 18th. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Dane. Um, Well, I didn't dislike him that much. Jeez. Yeah. No, I mean, Ronnie Hickman is second in forcing completion rate. He's second in snaps for reception. Like, there's a lot to like there, but I get it. it. He's not an elite athlete. He didn't test. So I think that's probably not a great sign. But I mean, I didn't didn't love the tackling whole thing, but I think against Penn State, he showcased a variety of good things. So I I definitely didn't have him as 18th. I can't imagine I'd find eight more safeties I'd like more than him. Yeah. Um, to get back to Lohi Gimmon, though, I remember going back and watching him after the Chargers drafted him. And I feel like, you know, he's a he's a similar archetype as Brandon Joseph. So Notre Dame definitely has a type. 
Um, oh, that's actually a good call. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I, in this class, I probably would have him, you know, maybe in, in like after Sydney Brownish, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I think Alohigaman has definitely exceeded expectations for where he was drafted. Um, I think he was a bit of a consensus board reach, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm-hmm. But again, it was a six round pick. They initially drafted him as as an Adrian Phillips replacement, which is not good. <laughs> Well, <laughs> um, you know, but uh, again, although he played great this year, I think he's he's earned the right to, you know, play some significant snaps for them next year as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think his college profile would definitely lean itself more towards maybe number 10, 11, 12 ish in this class. Yeah, I actually think that's a really good call with Brandon Joseph. I think that is I mean, not because they both played for Notre Dame, but I actually think that's a very good comparison. I don't know how they stack up physically, but I know Gilman wasn't exactly a tester. Um, if I'm not mistaken, nor has he ever been, which is fine. Yeah. Um, like I said, Joseph has the he has 84th percentile 10 yard split. Um, so that that's at least a good thing there. But I don't think Aloe Gilman had had that kind of testing. But I can look yeah. right now. Okay, so I'm not sure. If I might, Chris, you can clarify where would Gilman be in terms of NFL Gilman versus these guys on the list, which I know kind of sucks. But like, where would you? Because I, I do think he's been better, like over the years, especially this particular year. So, like, I guess in terms of who would you be okay with taking and saying, okay, I do believe this player is a replacement over Alohi Gilman. Granted, some guys are box safety, so it's kind of hard to tell. So Alohi Gilman coming out ran a four six, um, which was fifty second percentile. Mm-hmm. Um, his 10 and 20 yard splits were well below average. Um, he actually had an elite shuttle time at 4.08, which is 90th percentile. Um, hmm. three cone of 6.81, which is 87th percentile. Um, but yeah, overall, his ARIA score is 3.81. So, um, not, not a great athlete, but you know, short agility was, was, uh, you know, a, a very good tester, which I think backs up. I think Elohi Gilman in, in short areas is, is really solid. Yeah, Brandon Joseph did play at Northwestern as well. So, yeah, I, I didn't watch enough of Northwestern to tell if he played better. I watched one game from there, just kind of get like some feeling of where he was. I thought he had a good game, the game that I watched, but I don't know if he played better overall. Yeah. So, we didn't um, obviously talk a ton about Brian Branch today. I feel like we've talked about him a ton on other episodes. <laughs> um, so you have him as a safety. What kind of made the the difference there for you with Branch as a safety versus corner? Yeah, it came down to how I feel. I mean, it seems weird, but I think corners cover, right? And so I think that Branch does two things better than his coverage. I like him a lot in coverage, but I feel like I like the more the safety traits a bit more in okay. terms of playing the run, rushing the passer. And because I do feel like both of those things are better for him, I feel like I can describe him better as a safety more than a corner. Because when it comes to coverage, I do think that's his, you know, quote unquote, weakest asset. But even then, I really, really like what he does in that regard. I just feel like he does more of the safety things a bit more. But I, I rank him as a safety knowing full well that I'm happy playing him in the slot as a corner just fine. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that his best attribute is, is as a slot, but that's that's just you know my my opinion. I think he did so much of everything in Alabama that you can be comfortable playing him wherever. And like, listen, man, like I, I think for the Chargers, he solves a huge need for them. You can start him at safety. You can play him in the slot. Like, I think that that would be a, a great pick, especially if they could get him through a trade down. But um, Love Ryan Branch's tape. I think there's a ton of things to like there. I know he's not an elite athlete, but I don't really care. No, and it's not like you have alternative options here in the first round where it's like, well, this guy's an athlete, therefore I'll take him. No, it's like there, there isn't anybody projected to go this high that's that good. And yeah, sure, he's not an elite athlete. I, I don't care. Like it didn't bug me. It didn't seem to hinder him. Would you like him to be a 10 you know, scoring RES guys, sure, but I just didn't, it didn't bug me. I think if he were, you know, a better athlete, we wouldn't be talking about him being available at 21, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Good question here from uh, Aaron Woolley, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. He says, Do you weight players by position when grading? For example, is it harder to get a round one grade as a linebacker or safety? 
I know for me, like when it comes to the big board, like when I create my big board, I definitely weigh position value there. Like, you know, B. John Robinson, for example, he's my highest graded player, but because he is a running back, like you just kind of have to knock him down a couple of spots. And I think you can, you know, um, have some other analysts uh, as well. So for example, like my number one player in this class is a corner, my number uh, two player. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, man. I can't wait to talk about him. Okay. Um, so yeah, I have a corner and an edge rusher ahead of Bijan as uh on my big board because those mm-hmm. are premium positions. But I think you you can stick a, you can stick the grade on him, whatever you want him to be, right? Like yeah, you know, Bijan right now has a 7.7 grade for me, which is you know one of the highest I've ever given. But because he plays running back, I'm gonna give the edge to to some of those other players. Yeah, same thing. I, I grade as I grade. I mean, obviously they have different attributes that I'm grading, but I, I grade them for whatever the score is, and then I rank them. You know, relative to their score, but some guys are a bit higher. Like Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame has a third round grade for me. He's ahead of some players that have a second round grade because Foskey plays edge rusher, and yeah. that's better than running back. Not better, but more valuable than running back or tight end. So, you know, when you look at our, our big boards later on, if you watch that episode, which I love, I don't know if anybody else does, but I think we yeah. like doing that one. You know, some of these guys, um, like, like last year, I didn't have, I loved Rashad White. And I had him tied for a grade with um, Brees Hall, but I had them as the 50 and 51st play, 51st players in the draft because I try to prioritize edge receiver. Yeah. And I was a big receiver class. Yeah. Um, so some guys, like I, I don't like, I don't grade them higher than some of these guys. Um, but yeah, linebacker tends to get low on the priority. Running back does, and then maybe like safety D tackle. But even then, D tackle I think is extremely important, especially if you're versatile. So. Yeah, linebacker tends to get bumped down the lowest with running back for me. Yeah. So, like, I think the the big board is where you weigh the position of value, not necessarily the grades yeah. here. So, um, yeah, man, can't wait to uh, talk about the big boards in general. I think there's been some shuffling, too. So, like, uh, you know, we can talk about this on a different episode, but, like, we did receivers back. That was one of our first episodes, and my receiver rankings have changed like quite a bit recently. So interesting. Um, I'm excited to to get into the big board and figure out what uh, what has changed recently. Uh, I really I don't want to look at your grades. Well, I guess maybe your big board is different. <laughs> uh, I'm yeah. so interested. I, I know you. I know who you said was moved up a bit, but I don't know. Yeah. Who else has moved? Yeah. So we'll get into that again. We're we're like. Uh, two and a half weeks away from draft night. So we're, we're really pushing it, you know, pedal to the metal. Now we got a ton of great stuff coming down the, the line here in terms of draft coverage. So um, Tyler actually had this idea for Thursday's show. We're going to be talking about specific uh, players who are going to meet specific requirements that the charters have in terms of physical profiles. So um, Arjun tweeted out a little bit of a, a of a sampler size there in terms of the wide receivers, we're going to dive into that, plus like Kellen Moore's players. We're going to do edge rushers as well, like all over from Brandon Saley's time, you know, as a coach in the league. So going to be a lot of fun on Thursday, diving into which players check the most boxes from a physicality standpoint. And then, uh, yeah, man, we're a full steam ahead t- towards the draft. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, no, hold on. It just, it just clicked for me. Bijan's a 7.7? Yes. You have a corner graded higher than that? Oh, because he's the, on the big board. I'm not like with a higher grade. Oh, okay, okay. Because I'm like, what are we at? Like eight? <laughs> How good is this corner? But okay, uh, all right, all right. So I, I have Bijan at a 7.7 grade. And then my corner, who's the best, who has my number one ranking in the big board is a 7.55. Okay. Because like, I've never seen you love someone more than Panay Sewell. And I was curious if that's where we were getting with this player. <laughs> but... Oh, uh, I really, really like him though. Like, I think he's... Uh, he's a blue chip player for me in this class. So, um, you know, I mentioned the zero to eight scale. So anybody who's 7.5 and up uh, mm-hmm. is a blue chip player, meaning like this is somebody we think is going to be like a, a perennial pro bowl type player. Um, Will Anderson is one B John Robinson is the second. And then this, mm-hmm. uh, corner we'll, we'll get to next week is, uh, the third. Wow. Yeah. Will Anderson actually fell to edge, uh, seven for me. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand why you would have Tyree Wilson ahead of Will Anderson. Even I, I can't, I, honestly. I can't, but you know, like I, I do not agree with that take. But I can understand like why somebody would would like Tyree Wilson. Like 
somebody liking Will McDonald more than, more than Will Anderson, man, I cannot understand for the life of me. And then also like these other players, that was the most clickbaity thing I have ever seen in my life. He's like, I, I just don't get it. I turn on the film. I don't get it. I'm like, he's got like 70 pressures last year. Like he did something to be considered, you know, edge three. Like, I'm sorry, but Lucas Van Ness ain't that good. You know, dude. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson was a Heisman finalist last year. And Will Anderson had like 35 more pressures than him. <laughs> I just don't see it. I don't see what it is. No, I don't get it. That. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> He has to make a little bit of sense. Whatever. Oh, man. It was funny. Our, our last episode, people were like, oh, Chris Sims says this. It's like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for backing that up today, Chris. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Tyler, any final thoughts on the safeties uh, before we head out? Nope. Just a, it's a solid group. I think they're a very, again, solid group. A lot of third round grades in this group for me. Not a lot of guys I love in the first round, but I can't wait to watch corners because it sounds like there's a lot of really good players in this class. I haven't looked at them yet, so I can't, can't wait. Yeah, man, the corner class is, is so much fun. Like, I really like Joey Porter Jr. Joey Porter Jr. is my fifth graded corner right now, and he has a first-round grade. It's crazy. <laughs> wow. So wow. This corner class is, is stacked, man. And, like, I had heard a bunch of people say, like, oh, like, the corner group is my favorite group. And I'm like, really? Like, I feel like corner is not really, like, it, it hasn't been that kind of stacked in, in a long time. Like, generally speaking, you have, like, uh, you know, the year that there was Sertan and Horn, like that was a great corner class. Mm-hmm. And, you know, generally speaking, you have like one top tier guy and then some other ones. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait to to get into the corners. Yeah. So uh, Chris Sims, Will Anderson is edge five. Can't believe it. All right. So uh, that's going to do it for us today. Like I said, we're going to have a great episode planned for you guys on Thursday. And then uh, we'll get, uh, like I said, full steam ahead towards the draft. So, Um, That's going to do it for us tonight. We'll see you guys later. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. (laughs) Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.